You know, a really important part of our mission as followers of Jesus Christ is to share the good news of God's love with other people. The church came into being, it grew, it exists today, and it will continue to exist until Christ returns because God, in his perfect wisdom, has chosen to use believers to reach unbelievers. That is his plan A. There's no plan B. But we are just often reluctant and sometimes even resistant when it comes to sharing our faith. We maybe are afraid of conflict or we are afraid of rejection. We feel unqualified or inadequate that we you know, can't speak up unless we anticipate and have answers to everyone's questions. But having a friendly, respectful, spiritual conversation with other people may not be as difficult as we imagine. So this week we are launching a three-week mini-series on sharing your faith without losing your friends. Isn't that a great title, by the way? Sharing your faith without losing your friends, in which we're going to be exploring how C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, can serve as a kind of model on how to engage the people we know and love. And listen to this, especially our skeptical and unbelieving friends or family members, how we can engage the people we know and love in thoughtful, friendly conversations about God, about Jesus, about Christianity and about other spiritual issues. Before I actually get into the meat of this morning's message, I wanted to share with you just a little bit of background about the book, Mere Christianity. It didn't start out as a book. It began as a series of radio broadcasts during the dark days of the Second World War when England stood alone against Hitler. As a matter of fact, it was around the time of the Blitz when the Nazis were sending planes every night over London to drop bombs on people that uh, mere Christianity was really born. C.S. Lewis at the time was a tutor at Oxford University's Modeling College. He had written a book uh, called The Problem of Pain in which he discussed some pretty heavy theological issues using some pretty simple language. And a fellow by the name of James Welch, who was the director of religious broadcasting at the BBC, uh, happened to read this book, and it occurred to him, wow, this guy would be great to speak on the radio, uh, to deliver a series of weekly talks, the purpose of which was to boost the morale of the British people and to remind them of the life and death uh, issues that were at stake and the great struggle in which they were involved. The radio talks were were short. They were super short, about 10 minutes. Um, They used language that would have been easily understood by most people at the time. Folks would actually, when Lewis came on the radio, uh, people would quiet down in pubs and they'd turn up, uh, up the radio so, so people could listen to what he had to say. 
Um, people today who read less than folks uh, did in England at the time uh, may find it a little less understandable than they did, but the point is he was just speaking in language of, of the people of his time. Um, as a matter of fact, because language has changed and because we uh, as a culture aren't readers as much as uh, folks have been in the past, I don't necessarily recommend. For some people, I would recommend you could give them a copy of Mere Christianity and they'll get a lot out of it. Other people, totally miss it because they're not readers. Um, the title, Mere Christianity, the word mere in the title is a little bit confusing to people. It actually refers to basic Christianity, sort of Christianity 101, Christianity that is shared among all people, whatever their denomination, whatever their theological background. This is Christianity that uh, Anglicans, and Lewis was an Anglican, it's kind of, uh, anyway, Lewis was an Anglican, uh, it appeals to Anglicans, to Roman Catholics, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians. Everybody would recognize this as sort of basic Christianity. So I mentioned earlier, Lewis talks about really deep subjects, but, but his um, tone is really relaxed and, and conversational. Uh, mere Christianity is less like a lecture and, and more like a chat between friends. And that's where it offers us, I think, a, a first insight into how to share our faith without losing our friends. This is really important, that when we have a conversation with somebody, that we really do view it and approach it as a conversation and not as an argument. Um, listen to how Lewis launches his first broadcast. He says, everyone has heard people quarreling. Sometimes it sounds funny. Sometimes it sounds merely unpleasant. But however it sounds, I believe we can learn something very important from listening to the kinds of things people say. Now, just with that, those opening sentences, are you interested in finding out more? I mean, people argue, and it's really interesting when they argue, and sometimes when we hear them, it's funny. Sometimes it's just unpleasant. But we can really learn something by paying attention to what they have to say. I want to know more. And that's very, very conversational. Uh, his approach throughout is, fr- actually, he was kind of criticized because he was, wasn't as formal as some people thought he should be. His tone's friendly, informal, unpressured, and respectful. He takes his, his time. He... He responds to questions that people mail into him. After he did this first talk, a whole bunch of, of folks wrote to him. He devoted the second talk just to saying, hey, somebody wrote to me and asked this question. Great question. And he answered it. He, he doesn't rush. He doesn't feel like he has to close the deal and lead people to Christ by the close of every broadcast. Instead, he treats it as a thoughtful conversation, recognizing this, that, you know what? Important stuff takes time. Important stuff takes time. He, as a matter of fact, when he was uh, asked about these broadcasts a uh, number of years later, he said that he actually viewed uh, the, the first part of mere Christianity as pre-evangelism. Knowing that people wouldn't really understand their need for Christ until they first understood that we live in a moral universe. 
that there is a universal moral law that people acknowledge, but that people everywhere universally violate. Uh, Let me give you an example of that. Lying is wrong. Would everybody agree with that? Then why do we all misrepresent the truth? One time or another, we all do it. We know it's wrong. We do it anyway. This is what the Apostle Paul says. You know, the good that I should do, I don't do, and the stuff that I shouldn't do, I do. What's wrong with me? You know, this, this is the kind of, uh, of honest observation that, that invites reflection. And in the end, it actually invites agreement. because What he's doing is building bridges. He's saying, you know, this is something we all have in common. And it's all the more effective because it's not argumentative. It's just thoughtful conversation done in a spirit of respect. And it really reflects the kind of approach that the Apostle Paul puts forth when he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy or boast. It's not proud. So he never condescends. It, it does not dishonor others. It, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. You know, what, what Lewis does in this loving, thoughtful, unrushed way is plant seeds that by God's grace will bear fruit in the future. So when you think about sharing your faith, one of the most important things to remember is Treat it in an unrushed, uh, treat it as an unrushed, loving conversation, not as an argument. Now, that makes sense, I'm sure, to everybody, but some of you may have had the experience where you started out having a patient, loving conversation, but it didn't end that way. That somebody got mad. Question is, how do we keep a conversation conversational so it doesn't you know turn into this um, this unpleasant thing well here we come to the heart really of what i want to share uh, in this morning's message with you as a matter of fact this is the moment at which i say as i do from time to time if you don't get anything else from today's message this is the most important take home this can have a, a, an enormous impact on learning how to share your faith without losing your friends. You ready for this? Ask thoughtful questions. Ask thoughtful questions. What do I mean by that? Here's why. Thoughtful, when you ask another person a thoughtful question, it shows that you respect their intelligence. Thoughtful questions demonstrate that you are actually interested in knowing what the other person thinks. You're not just interested in telling them what you think. You're interested in learning what they think. Thoughtful questions advance a conversation. They are engaging. They can help you better understand the other person's point of view. Uh, it's really what Steve Covey uh, writes about in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He devotes an entire chapter to seek first to understand, then to be understood. It's a, a great chapter. Thoughtful questions can, can give you new insights into the other, what the other person's thinking, into them, into their experience. 
Thoughtful questions can, can unearth assumptions that maybe they haven't considered or identify inconsistencies, contradictions, potential problems in both your thinking and the other person's thinking. Um, it's really interesting that um, a lot of people view the Bible and kind of characterize the Bible and almost promote the Bible as a, an answer book. But it's really impressive how many questions you find in the Bible. People are constantly asking Jesus questions, sometimes sincerely, sometimes to trick him or to trap him. Jesus, in turn, asks people questions. When people ask Jesus questions, he answers them by asking them a question. People question God. God question people. Read the book of Psalms. Read the book of Job. Job, question after question after question. People question themselves. The Apostle Paul, why do I do this? Why don't I do that? They question one another. See, the Bible, like life itself, is full of questions. And why are there so many questions? Because it advances the conversation. It may well be that asking questions is the key to sharing your faith, no matter how much you know or don't know. See, that's the cool thing about questions. You don't have to know everything to ask a question. It doesn't matter how open or closed the other person is to considering Christianity. You could still ask questions. That's what uh, Greg Kokel of, uh, of Stand to Reason Christian organization that is uh, really all about um, helping people learn how to share their faith. It's what Greg Kokel has has learned. His hero is Columbo. Um, anybody remember Columbo? Classic, right? Columbo, played by Peter Falk. That is an iconic uh, view of uh, of Columbo, by the way. Was this disheveled, rumpled, raincoat wearing, seemingly bumbling detective who had discovered that the key to solving crimes was asking what seemed to be innocent questions. So he'd be having a conversation with somebody, and he would scratch his head, and he'd say something like, I'm just curious about something. Or he'd say, "Uh, something's missing here. Or, um, something's just not adding up. And he'd ask these questions, and then he would leave. And then he would come back. And what would he say? Oh, just one more thing. I'm going to make this fast. You just said, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Then he would ask the question, and his suspect, the suspect would end up incriminating himself. It was a really interesting uh, series, by the way, because it invented an entire new genre of detective story because you always knew who had committed the crime because they show it at the very beginning. It's like it's called an inverted detective story. You know who did it. The rest of the thing is just figuring out how he's going to prove it. See, and one of the things that Columbo shows us is that asking questions is awesome. 
And let me give you some examples of uh, asking questions in, you know, when you're having a spiritual conversation w- with somebody. Uh, if somebody says, I don't believe in God. You know, sometimes people will say stuff in order to close the conversation. Questions just reopen it and take it at a deeper level. Somebody says, I don't believe in God. You can say, hmm, what do you mean by God? And the thing that's interesting, you may not believe in that kind of God either, and you've got something to talk about. And usually when people say they don't believe in God, it's, it probably is a God you don't believe in either. Somebody says, you, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, but I think all religions basically teach the same thing. You can ask them, hmm, what do they all teach? Or, or you could ask, you know, I've, I've thought that myself, but I'm just wondering, how can these different religions, one that teaches there's no God and another says there's one God and another one says there's a triune God and then another one says there are hundreds of gods, how can they all teach the same thing? It seems like they contradict each other. Your thoughts? It advances a conversation. Somebody says, there's no such thing as absolute truth. You can say, huh, that sounds like an absolute truth. Is it? Somebody says, uh, we should not judge others. You could say, isn't that a judgment? Somebody says, we can't believe anything that can't be proved by science. Let's see how we're doing here. What question do you ask then? Is that a fact that can be proved by science? That you can't believe anything unless it can be proved by science? It's not. That's not a scientific statement. So they obviously believe something that can be proved by science. You know, people... Uh, people oftentimes are, are really just sort of repeating slogans that they've never really examined or that, that actually don't hold up to scrutiny. Now, here's the important thing in, in all of this. Uh, the reason you ask questions isn't because you're in this gotcha game. All of our questions need to be asked in a spirit of gentleness and respect. That's what today's scripture reading says. Do this in a spirit of gentleness and respect. And all of our questions really do need to be asked with the intention of truly learning. How did you come to your conclusion? I'm really interested. You know, asking questions is one of the ways that we show love to other people. And so to ask a question in love, help me understand not to score points to win an argument. Now, having said that, we also need to be prepared when people ask us questions because that's only fair. And that's why it is important to know what we believe and why we believe it. To know what we believe in and why we, we believe it. And that's exactly what today's text tells us. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with 
gentleness, and respect. To give the reason for the hope that you have. That, that implies that we believe things for reasons. We have good reason to believe in Jesus Christ. To believe in a, a loving God. It's just not blind faith. We offer, uh, here at Stonebridge, we offer the Alpha Course here at Stonebridge to help people know what we believe and why we believe it. I'm kind of curious, how many people here have taken the Alpha Course? How many have taken the Alpha Course over 50 times? Front row, yeah. <laughs> the Guptons are off, awesome. They hosted the, the Alpha Course seriously for over 50 times. I think you guys have the United States record for the most. They do, really, the most Alpha Courses offered in any church. It's a great, great program. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't done it before, to sign up for the Alpha Course. Even if you've taken it, maybe time for a refresher or whatever. I, uh, we did, I did the Alpha Course a long time ago, actually taught the Alpha Course as kind of a series in the church, and then we did it in our growth group. Every time I've done the Alpha Course, I get you know, more stuff out of it, reminded a, a little bit more. It's a series of, um, of teachings that are done by a guy named uh, Nicky Gumbel, who is one of the vicars at uh, Holy Trinity Brompton Church in London. He is a really interesting speaker. All of the talks are super well-researched. They feed you dinner. You watch the DVD. And then if you've got questions, you know, just bring them on. And it is great fun, and you will learn so much. We're going to be offering the Alpha Course again here at Stonebridge in September, and I really encourage you, if you haven't taken it, or if you want to take it again, to sign up for that when we, we have sign-ups. I also want to encourage you to do something else. Read. And if you're not a reader, some of you aren't readers, at least listen to books about what we believe and why we believe it. And why do we do that? So that we'll always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have when people ask us. And I have a, a couple of books here, actually, I, I brought along. Uh, we happen to give this book out to everybody who's a first-time guest here at Stonebridge. If, you've never, if you're new here and you've never stopped by uh, the Hub, I encourage you to do so. You'll get a great canvas bag with this and some other stuff in it. Tim Keller is an awesome writer. Uh, just listen to the, the kinds of, uh, of uh, issues that he addresses in the first part of this book. When people say, there can't be just one true religion. How could a good God allow suffering? Oh, that's another one, too. When somebody says, how could a good God offer suffering? You know, one of the questions you can ask is, what do you mean by good? And where did you get the idea of what goodness is? Great question. Anyway, um, Christianity is a straitjacket. The church is responsible for so much injustice. How could a loving God send people to hell? Science has disproved Christianity. Christianity. This has got great stuff in it. We give this to every first-time guest because we want people to know that we have reasons for believing what we believe. We want people to know what we believe and why we believe it. We want you to know that. So this is a great book. Uh, another great book that is The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, and this is out in movie form, extremely well done. I encourage you to do that. And then if you really want to go deep, um, this is kind of like Rick Kadruvi level, but uh, this book is called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. This is an awesome uh, book, too. 
It's really, really good. And any of these, you can pick them up, read them, get them on Audible so you can listen to them uh, in your, your car and so on. Um, what, what we believe, why we believe it. Uh, and one of the reasons, going back to C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis was able to write what he wrote because of what he read. And he read a lot. I mean, it was his area of expertise. He borrowed lots of ideas from, from other people. The title, Mere Christianity. Where did he get this word mere? From a guy named Baxter who lived about 100 years before him. Where did he get this idea about, you know, Jesus went around saying, I am God. And what does that mean? Either he is a liar or he is a lunatic or he's God. Where did Lewis get that idea? It wasn't original to him. He borrowed it from G.K. Chesterton, who borrowed it from somebody else. You don't have to be original. But you do have to have reasons for the hope that you have in Christ. So I encourage you, um, you know, read these books. Read Mere Christianity. Borrow from C.S. Lewis. You can borrow from me if I ever say anything that sounds half intelligent. You can have my permission to share it. The thing is, we don't have to be original, but we do need to be prepared to give those answers to anyone who asks us to give a reason for the hope that that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, One last thing. I'll wrap it up with this. You know, sometimes when we're in these spiritual conversations, we just feel like we're under so much pressure to, you know, make a compelling argument or to say just the right thing that's going to transform people's lives. Here's the deal. Trust God to do the heavy lifting. Trust God to do the heavy lifting. If you are willing to just have a friendly, open, respectful, honest conversation if you're willing to ask some thoughtful questions, not to score points, but because you really love the other person and you're really interested in what they think and you really want to know how they arrived at their conclusions. And if you're willing to take the time to learn what we believe and why we believe it, and faith has its reasons, I'll tell you, you can, with confidence, trust the rest of to God. Look, one of the things that this will remove an enormous amount of pressure from you. Facts and sound reasoning are actually on the side of the Christian faith. Facts and sound reasoning are on the side of the Christian faith. But it is not your ability to argue that stuff. It is ultimately the supernatural work of God to transform people's hearts. So doing our part and trusting God with the rest of it really removes a heavy burden. You know, approach every conversation as the first of many conversations. It's a provisional thing. You do your part, you trust God with the rest. And that just takes the pressure off. It's it's like um, the Apostle Paul uh, says, we plant the seeds. God makes them grow. Uh, Paul, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but it is God who caused the growth. Just see yourself as a seed planter. Your questions are just planting seeds.
Um, as a matter of fact, Greg Kokel, who's the Colombo guy, uh, doesn't use the planting seed image. He says, you know, I feel like I'm a really good success if I can just put a stone in somebody's shoe. <laughs> so that as they're walking around, it's sort of there, uh, you know, reminding them. They're kind of thinking on it. Now, next week, we're going to be continuing this series by looking at some of the extraordinary ways that, that Lewis uh, states and illustrates, especially the, the truth of Christianity. In the meantime, um, let me do this. I really want to encourage you, if you are not yet a member of Stonebridge, to join me this coming Saturday, 1 o'clock, over in the Fireside Room in the Family Life Center building for our new member seminar. We'll have an opportunity to talk about our faith. If you've got questions about Stonebridge, about, the, about me, about the Christian faith, bring them. You know, we want to talk about them. I'd love to have you be a part of that new member seminar. I also want to invite you, whether you're a member or not, to mark your calendars for an upcoming class that we're going to be offering in July and August on becoming a contagious Christian. Mark Swink. I, you're responsible for that one, right, Mark? Uh, Mark's a great teacher. This is a great class, and it'll give you even more tools to how to share your faith with others. As I mentioned, the Alpha course is coming in September. See how we're trying to you know, give you tools so that we can be a really effective uh, congregation because a really super important part of our mission as the Church of Jesus Christ and our individual m- mission as followers of Jesus is to share God's love with other people. So remember, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect.